Hello everyone and welcome to Behold, the podcast where we cast our all-seeing eye over the world of comic book adaptations and try to sort the super from the substandard. Who is we? Well, I'm your host Andrew and as usual I'm joined by my co-host Mick. Hello! Um, actually, can you use my, uh, can you use my wrestling? El Mico. I was just about to say El Mico. And much like all famous luchadors, you you never take your mask off, correct? Until now. Ah. Oh my god, it's horrible. And this is why I never take my mask off. Uh, Okay, I think that we've probably had enough fun for the episode, haven't we? Yes. Because... Trust us, this is the best bit. Yeah, it's it's all downhill from here, which <laughs> I think is a, is a good enough segue to take us to. It's time to behold three Dev Adam. Well, or three giant men, or Captain America and Santo versus Spider Man, which I imagine. All of our listeners are wondering, what on earth are you talking about? To be fair, I watched it, and I wonder what the hell we're talking about. Do you know who else wonders what the heck we're talking about? Our audience, most of the time, would imagine. Yeah, and also Dogan Tamer, the writer of this 1973 Turkish film. <laughs> Which... Do you just want to point out how suspiciously similar Dogan is to Dagon, the dark eldritch horror? <laughs> and well, he's the tamer of the dark eldritch horror. How much power does he wield? Maybe he's, like, bound it within the writing of this film. <laughs> That's why it's, right like, warped away from all recognisable sense. <laughs> Anyway, it's directed by T. Fikret Ukek, and according to Wikipedia, J. Jonah Jameson. Hey? Yes! Yeah, Wikipedia, that's J. Jonah Jameson as the director of this film. Excellent. And given the content, I'm not inclined to disagree. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't fit Spider Man favourably. No. And I should. I mean, sh- should I mention the fact that this is based on Marvel Comics characters created by Stan Lee, Steve Ditko, Joe Simon, and Jack Kirby? Because I'm I, not sure it is. I mean, you see, I think this is actually quite quite a clever ploy on behalf of the producers. Because I think what they managed to do was make a film that was so almost completely entirely unrecognisable from the franchises on which it was based that Marvel went this has got nothing to do with our stuff no we're not seeing them yeah I, I know this character is called Captain America and he wears a blue spandex outfit with a white star on the front but I don't think we're going to win this lawsuit no <laughs> so yeah but kind of leading on from that, I know usually we, we do a bit of background 
about the comics characters. But, I mean, we've already covered Captain America in previous episodes, and neither of us are particularly a huge fan. Spider-Man, to do a bit of foreshadowing, we might be talking about in a bit. (laughs) And thirdly, as we've said, you don't need to know anything about the comic characters. But I think not knowing who Captain America and Spider-Man are really helps you get into the mindset of the people who made this film. Yes. Um, I mean, in many ways, it's, it's a refreshing change from our usual fare. In that it, it features Captain America and Spider-Man on the moon. Um, but it's a, a genuine standalone movie. It, it is completely separate from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or indeed any universe. Yes, including the universe of sense. <laughs> so, I, well, I think for for the benefit of those listeners who haven't managed to see this nineteen seventy three cult Turkish classic, which spawned a whole host of Turkish ripoffs and Hollywood blockbusters. I know, God, we we have to watch Turkish Star Wars at some point. <laughs> Um, do you know what? I'm going to let you synopsize it, Andrew. Oh, thanks, Mick. It's a pleasure. I mean, only because it's your job normally. Yeah. It's got nothing to do with the fact that I'm sat here thinking, good luck with it. I mean, (laughs) to be honest, the person who's going to be synopsizing this episode is whoever wrote the Wikipedia summary. (laughs) So. Oh, also, I'm just going to mention up top, unlike my usual synopsises, I'm not really going to mention the actors who play people in this. Because it, it really does not matter. No. Like, either it is a name that will be absolutely meaningless to you, or you have seen this film before and are already intimately aware of the actors' names. (laughs) So, three big lads. Spider-Man, proving that he is in fact both a threat and a menace, starts (laughs) starts a violent crime spree in Istanbul, which includes killing a woman with a boat propeller, Stealing rare artifacts that definitely aren't just furniture store mantelpiece statues, <laughs> and having starving mice eat a man's eyes. And actually, I lied. This is the one bit of casting I will explain, because those mice are played by guinea pigs, and they're adorable. <laughs> now, it's true. This does somewhat portray Spider-Man as both a threat and a menace, and far from friendly, or indeed, neighbourhood. I mean, it seems like he's in one neighbourhood of Istanbul. Ah, no, because his operation spreads far and wide. Oh, that's right, yeah, I I forgot the fact that the film makes great pains to point out that Spider-Man is a foreigner. Yeah. From a strange land where eyebrows are so big you can't possibly fit them under a mask. 
No, that's... I mean, a slight tangent. I know we're, we're going to make fun of the costuming in this. <laughs> but but how do they even manage that when, like, his mask is behind his eyebrows? <laughs> It knocks Captain America's rubber ear into a cocktail. It really it's genuinely like one of the most comic book things I've seen in live action. I should I should point out that's a different Captain America, not the Captain America you see now. Yes, the the Captain America we can now definitively say is probably not the worst Captain America. So, an international task force is assembled, comprised of Mexican luchador folk hero El Santo, Sentinel of Liberty Captain America, and his girlfriend Julia. Uh, Do you know what? I'm surprised they didn't just call her Black Widow or something. Yeah, or, or heck, or Wonder Woman. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this film is not overly concerned with, but we can't have a Marvel and a DC hero. I mean, I guess the problem is then they would have had to put more thought into it than what if there's one character and she's a woman? Full stop. I mean, to be she does do some things. She infiltrates spider's hide because that's he's also he's just called spider in the film even though he is also spider-man but not spider-man and he's having a fashion show at his hideout for for reasons (laughs) anyway julia is captured but captain america saves her meanwhile santo goes to a gym and fights some karate guys these these scenes are somehow related to each other so, All will become clear. No, it won't. So, Captain America and Santo are able to track down Spider's counterfeiting operation. Then they infiltrate a club where Julia replaces one of the dancers in a very long plot point that then is immediately dropped. <laughs> uh, Cap and Santo get captured but escape by faking a fight. Then Captain America kills Spider, but it turns out there are multiple spiders, or Spider can make copies of himself, or something. And I, then... think, I, I think it's like, you know, you know when you find a spider nest? And you kind of cut it up, no, you catch it with something, and all the tiny little spiders come out. I think that's what's happened here. I think Captain America by infiltrating with Santo, who never takes his mask off unless he's going undercover. Or no, no, no. Like... I think you'll find it never puts his mask on until he's going undercover. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, uh, yeah, I think, I think that's it. I think they've disturbed the nest and all the tiny spiders are running around. The actual Spider-Man is about 40 foot tall and we never get to see him. He's coming up in the uh, 3 Dev Adam 2. <gasps> oh my no more, god, no 3 three Dev Adam is the origin of Spiders, man. Yes. The Spider-Man who is a colony of spiders. 
But anyway, and I've already made this franchise more interesting than it actually is. Anyway, should, should, should I talk about how Captain America manages to find a way to kill the unkillable villain? Go on. So what he does, right, is is he kills a bunch of them, and then he decides, yeah, that's enough. I've killed him now. Yeah. Except has he? Because then he sees one in a car, but turns out it's just a child in a luchador mask. Everyone laughs. The end. Because everybody makes luchador masks that look like international criminal masterminds. I mean, it's of all the unbelievable things in this film, that's what I can that slide. <laughs> 81 minutes. There's 81 minutes of this nonsense. That's a lot of nonsense for someone to write. It really is. And you think 81 minutes right. isn't long for a film. <laughs> yeah. But it's just, it's, it's like an orange juice of nonsense. Where they've just squeezed it all out into one like small concentrated glass of just pure <laughs> what the hell. And left all the bits in. Yeah, it's full of just big lumpy chunks. Yeah. <laughs> um. And is this what being on drugs is like, Mick? <laughs> I've no idea. But this is cheaper than drugs, so I'm told. That's true, you can just watch this for free on YouTube. Yeah. In glorious um, 360p. <laughs> oh, it's been upscaled. Um, <laughs> badly. I mean, to fair, probably has. The, the, the biggest problem I think this film suffers from is um, disproportionate use of its budget. Which isn't mentioned, unlike most Wikipedia entries, the budget for this film of what looks to be about 37 Turkish lilies um, isn't mentioned. It appears to be all spent on the fake Captain America costume and nothing else. Well, no, I'm pretty sure some of it they used. To go to a strip club and film the dancers and justify that as a work expense. <laughs> Possibly. Because, yes, the, the Captain America costume is, I guess, the most comics accurate. It is. They've done a fine job with the Captain America costume compared to their other production values. Yeah, I mean, really, the only thing with the Captain America costume. It's like the stripes on his stomach seem to go to about his armpits. And he's not got wings on his head. Yeah. But compared to the Spider-Man outfit... It's at least the right colours. Yeah, because Spider-Man's is just like a red and green bodysuit that someone has stenciled a spider on the front of. And he's wearing like a ski mask. And and is he sometimes wearing glasses? Because it looks like he's sometimes wearing glasses. <laughs> it's it's as likely as anything else. I mean, I guess we we say this. I guess Santo as well looks like a luchador. You know, in, in the two scenes that he wears his luchador outfit. Yeah. What you mean he wears a mask and a cape? 
Yes, and no shirt. And no shirt, yeah. I love that he wears that outfit to sneak into an office and just starts like cramming files down his trousers. It's a bizarre. And, you know, you look at the poster for it, and it looks like it's a proper sort of Marvel mashup. I'm not entirely sure what the girl is. I assume that's meant to be Julia, but they just used like a stock picture. picture of <laughs> yeah. Almost like that was a key selling point of the movie. Film. Woman. Um. I mean, she is right at the front of the poster. She is. Uh, Unless it's supposed to be Spider-Man's girlfriend. Oh, it could be. And you know she's Spider-Man's girlfriend because they have sex and some puppets watch and laugh. Yes. Why were the puppets there, Mick? I don't know. This is one of those films where you cannot look away whilst watching it. Because the plot will shift with no explanation and then you'll waste time rewinding it to look for the explanation that isn't there. Yeah, it's just we're in a location, now we're in a different location, some things are happening. Yeah. Sometimes you can have scenes that exist in two locations and the same characters in those two different locations doing different things. It's weird. It is. It also doesn't help that most of the male actors in this film are just a man with floppy 70s hair and a big moustache. That's right. And it, it kind of looks... Apart from the costumes on El Santo, the Spider, and uh, Captain America, it looks a little bit um, like a cheap 70s Quinn Martin production. Like the streets of San Francisco or something like that. One of those 70s cop shows that were all the rage. That are slowly being rebooted on a weekly basis. Yeah. I mean... If I was a cynical type of person, I might say that maybe this film was just one of those 70s cop things and then they randomly shoehorned Captain America and Santo in. How very gay. I mean, they have a huge track record in superhero movies. There's Superman Denoyo and Yerasa Adam, Bedman, which is Batman, but looks more like Del Boy Trotter. Oh, what from that one scene from Only Fools and Horses? Well, that and, and his costume's red. You know, the famous red Batman costume. I mean, to be fair, the original design for Batman was red, so maybe that's what they're referencing. Mm-hmm. Or it was cheaper to get a red one. They've also done a rip-off of Rambo called Rampage. I was for that one that actually sounds like it has more thought put into it. <laughs> it doesn't. 
There's a there's a another one that I'm not sure what that's supposed to be again. Could be a brutally um Yes. Yeah, so a fine tradition of Turkish superhero movies there. Yes, from what I understand, it was like a bit of a cottage industry in the 70s of just bashing out these very cheap movies, trying to capitalise on popular characters. Yeah. Also, I mean, I guess if they've already done a Batman and a Superman one, that kind of explains why Captain America is in this. Yeah. Because that's, of the many things that confused me about this, one of them was the fact that I'm not sure if Captain America was that popular. Yeah. Um, just having a look at the director's um, CV. Also, saying that, I, I should probably just quickly explain when I say Captain America wasn't that popular. I mean, for a lot of people, that might be surprising given that he's a big part of the MCU. Mm. But the reason he's a big part of the MCU is that when Marvel sold all their really popular film IPs in the 90s, Captain America wasn't one of them. I wonder if they even thought about going over to Turkey and saying, hey guys, you know that character you love so much? Yeah, would you just like the rights for him? <laughs> we won't see you know nothing. Um... I mean, they were pretty desperate back then. They were. Man, see, I mean, I guess the big thing in the MCU now is the multiverse, so maybe we will get the universe where oh. Captain America is like just some cheap Turkish. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be fantastic if that Captain America turned up in the multiverse of madness? Oh, yes. <laughs> just played by some, I guess, like. Just badly lip-syncing the <laughs> on your left. <laughs> and the guy who plays him must be like, what, 70 now? Yeah, I would imagine so. Maybe even 80, because he, he does not look like a young man in this. He was born in 1945, so yes, he's rapidly approaching 80. Excellent. So he was nearly 40 when he played Captain America. Yes, put him in the multiverse of madness. No. That's right, that's how maths works. But but he looked about 45. Yeah, I mean, I was very ready to accept that he was around 40 when he said that. Oh, they've also done The Planet of the Apes. He was in that. God, Turkish Planet it's of the Apes. It's called Your Hunter from... Oh! Actually, that, that might even have been a Mystery Science 3000 at some... Mystery Science Theater 3000 at some point. Could well have been. You're the hunter from the future. Yeah, that, that does sound familiar. It appears to be some kind of um, 
strange crossover between Star Wars and um, one million years BC and Planet of the Apes and the creation of the Flying Saucer. You can read a lot into a poster. Yeah, again, it almost gives the impression that this whole industry is just haphazardly slapping random things together. Yeah, I mean, I, I think one thing you can say that they were pioneering in um, is um, the use of cut and paste to create both the posters for these things and the plots for these things and some of the scenes from these things. Yeah, God, especially with the editing. Because I, I love how every single scene in this film just ends abruptly. Yeah. It is like, right, uh, I think we've got that across there. Uh, right, cut. Next scene. No, just stick them together, it'll be fine. It's almost like you're expecting the director to walk across and say, that's a wrap. I mean, he would, but I feel like that's too high level for this film. Because <laughs> then it almost seems like some intentional meta thing. <laughs> but it's not, it's just a badly put together film. It is. And yet, strangely compelling viewing. It is. In, it's... That, in that neither of us, when we saw it, when we saw the poster for it, when we were doing our uh, What Shall We Do Next? Neither of us went, that film is silly. Yeah, it was more, doing that would be silly. Heck yeah. yeah. <laughs> doing that would be silly. That's really on brand. And it was silly. It was very silly. I might even say too silly. Interesting, uh, there are no uh, mentions of uh, how well it did at the box office in 1973. But it did get an official release in Canada. Well, there you go. I know. I guess they have laxative copyright laws. <laughs> Yes. Three Dev Adam. I mean, it, it's got kind of an sort of admirable spirit about it. <laughs> of just someone going, yeah, we're going to put Captain America and Spider-Man in this movie. Yeah, we don't have the rights, but... There, 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 is, there, is, a great, there is a great scene in it where I love the subtitle. Where it's where they, where they go and they see the big bald gentleman with the red jacket on. Oh, the like the bouncer or the club owner, possibly a man who is there. Yes. Oh no, it's not him. It's the barman who's like a sort of cut-price Turkish Bernard Cribbins. Oh yeah, him. 
who talked about his boss, who's a grand lad. <laughs> referring to the drug dealing, money laundering, propeller decapitating of women spider. Oh, he's a great lad. No, he isn't. I mean, he does have a pretty great laugh, though. <laughs> I, I, I think it is about two thirds in this film. He just stops having dialogue, isn't it? Yeah. And just every scene is going, ha 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 ha. A lot of the spiders' scenes are reminiscent of the latter half of Plan 9 from Outer Space. Where they were trying to mask the fact that they'd replaced Bella Lugosi. Yeah, I can definitely believe the original Spider actor just went home halfway through the day. <laughs> just, just go to someone, someone loitering near the set and go, listen, you stand in. No, don't, no, you don't need to know this bit. Just, just stand there, look like you know karate, and then laugh. Wow, but if you say look like you know karate. Yeah, look like you know karate. In the way that someone who really doesn't know karate tries to look like they know karate. Yeah, yeah, look like you think you know karate. Yeah. Also, like do Captain know... America and Spider-Man have superpowers in this? Um... Because Spider-Man does climb up a wall at one point, but he might just be shimmying off a train pipe. Yeah, they, they, they do make reference to the fact that Captain America's armour is bulletproof. Which is handy, because no one manages to shoot him in the face. Yeah, I mean, I suppose it wouldn't be a problem if he wore his mask at uh, all. Uh, well, th- th- this is the thing, isn't it? Because he goes undercover and he's got the armour on under his shirt, fair enough. But these are, like, despicable, underworld, organised crime lords. They're going to shoot you in the head if you've got no head protection. Unless they went to the Star Wars Stormtrooper Academy of Shooting. Yes, I was about to say, I think you are ascribing a level of competence to these guys that they do (laughs) not deserve. I mean, their boss is a man who mistakes guinea pigs for mice. And And has witty one-liners like just yelling goodbye as he runs away. I was also also thinking, was this the inspiration behind those scenes in that J-Bar video? I mean, me. I'm, I'm not entirely convinced they didn't just like steal the footage from that. Who, who was that? Electric Six? Uh, maybe. I always want to say right said Fred, but I, I think it's no, not. Because I, I just think it is because it sounds a bit like I'm too sexy. I mean, it does in my memory. 
Which can't memory. be relied upon. <laughs> Your memory has been flagged by listening um, to uh, listening to uh, well, or by watching being dead. Speaking of, should should we try and rank three dev, Adam? I mean, what do we call it? Do we call it a film? Did it get a cinema release? Maybe. Okay. And th- this is also the problem, is that we have next to no information about this film. That's true. Um, right. I don't think it's going into the top half. So are you saying a history of violence might not be losing its top spot today? I, I don't think it's going to be under much of that. Okay, so I guess we should probably look towards the bottom of the list then. With, well, starting at number 27, 1990s Captain America. And God help me, it's worse than that. Uh, yeah, I mean, the 1990 Captain America movie, featuring the Revolution, is um, highly flawed in many areas. But it does at least have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And the three bits sort of loosely joined together. So in many ways, it's, it's, it's quite a traditional film. Whereas three Dev Adam is, I mean, just calling it a film seems like some it, kind of crime. It's it's more, it's more of a collage. Yeah, it's a, it's an abstract art piece, really. <laughs> anyway, bottom three: Thirty Days of Night, How the Duck. Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Well. It's, I mean, it's it's obviously worse than 30 Days of Night and Howard the Duck. And I'd say, objectively, it's probably worse than Nick Fury. But it does well, seem think, a shame to knock Nick Fury off that bottom spot so I, quickly. I, I think I probably found this more entertaining to watch. Simply because the, the laughable bits in Nick Fury Agent of Shield aren't meant to be. And I think the same is true here. But they've at least gone to the effort of not trying to make them look competent. Yeah, this is This is at least entertaining to watch. Yes. Whereas Nick Fury I was having to actively fight to pay attention to it. <laughs> yes, so uh, I think possibly it just edges ahead of Nick Fury. Yeah, I mean, I guess at least with this one as well, it's almost that hard the duck thing of. God bless him for just being like, yeah, we yeah. have Captain America and he's going to fight Spider-Man. We can do that. We 
we're going to do what we can with these characters and hope we don't get sued. I don't I know if they know even. I don't even know if they hoped they wouldn't get sued, or just didn't even think about the possibility. Ah uh, well. I feel that the people who made this definitely do not have a strong enough grasp on what copyright law is to be worried. <laughs> or indeed, what a comic book character is. Or what writing is. <laughs> or film. God bless you. So yeah, that's that's it, Nick Fury. You're so bad, you are worse than 3 Dev Adam. <laughs> yeah, brag about that Hasselhoff. Well, there we go. We we sure did something this episode. We did. Uh, indeed. Well, that, that evil spider. Unless he was caught in the title there. Because, you know, three, three fab lads or whatever it is. Yeah, maybe... That was it. It's just he's, he's one of three great guys, and then they just cut out the bit where he turns to camera and winks. Yeah. <laughs> what if the what if the three giant men are actually just three of the Spider Men? Could be. What? I know because they, they 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 don't explain it in any way, shape, or form. I know. It's just there's no, a Spider Man, so, and then there's another Spider Man. Some of the commentary I, I saw about it when we were like leading up to watching it for the for the podcast, some of the commentary seemed to think that they were clones, but if they are, it's not really explained how the cloning works. Yeah, and I, th- I think the only thing they're going off there is the fact that obviously the clone saga is a big thing in the comics. Yeah. Which, I mean, trying to use the comics to justify this, you may as well try and describe. Well, well on the planet Omicron Percy I ate, they can all split themselves into multiple people. <laughs> uh, right, that's it. We watched it. We talked about it. We rated it. We ranked it. We still don't understand it. No, and that is about it from us. <laughs> so if you would like to listen to more, you can find all our episodes on the feed or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've subscribed to the show, you'll make sure you never miss an episode. If you want to get in touch, our email is beholdpod at gmail.com or you can follow us on Twitter at beholdpod. And if you're a fan, We'd really appreciate it if you left us a review on your podcast app of choice or recommended us to a friend. It's the best way for us to grow as a show and reach new listeners. So that's everything. Until next time, I've been Andrew. And I've been El Nico. So long and thanks for listening. Bye.